Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Musical Splaining Podcast. <laughs> I thought I'd do a cool radio intro wow. today. Uh, I'm your host, an apparently gigantic flower jizz receptacle. That's my allergies today. That's why I sound disgusting. Sorry, I'm not sick. Kavitaharian. And I am immediately striking the phrase flower jizz receptacle out of my brain. Um, Angelina Mian. <laughs> Wow. Speaking of jizz, today we're here to talk about the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Do you like hair metal? And spray and uh, what is it? Aquanet? And Aquanet and uh, hooray for boobies t-shirts and... Yay. Um, hooray for boobies. Yeah, hooray for... You know, actually, I do like those. Do you like hearing Journey and Sticks and Pat Benatar and all your Time Life favorites in one spot? Well, good. Yeah, the greatest. Yeah, good. We're here to talk about Rock <laughs> oh, of Ages. Oh. Man. Which is funny because all the people that you listed are not necessarily anyone that people are familiar with today. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. Like if I turned to somebody, I guess who was like 20 and said like, hey, how do you feel about Twisted Sister? They'd be like. Yeah. Or Sticks. (laughs) It's weird. So much of the old school stuff, you don't, you just like place in like a bucket in your brain and you're like, well, that's just forever solidified. And then you have to go back and think about it again. You're like, oh, yeah. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. It's like how you think the 80s were like 20 years ago. And like, right. <laughs> you're like, yeah, well, in 1989, it was fine. Little Mermaid came out. I was having a grand old time. That was like, what, 15, oh 20 years ago? Oh, my God. It's like almost Ugh. like 40 years now at this point. Jesus Christ. Let's not utter that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not uh, utter that as I quickly approach my 39th birthday. Oh, Thank boy. you very much. Yeah, I'm turning 35 this year. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a barrel of fun. Get ready. Uh, That's what I've been t- I've been tweeting about a lot about like 35 is when everyone's body starts to break down. Oh, man, yeah. All these weird things start to happen. It's fun. Oh, thank you for that uh, encouragement. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, anyway, Rock of Ages. Yes, a jukebox musical. Jukebox musical. We talked about this briefly before. I mean, not briefly, but we sort of, you know, we have our pre-conversation conversations yes. about this. Yeah. And this is going to be fun because you have seen the stage show, but you have not seen the flick. No, I have not seen the movie. And um, when I did see the stage show. It, yeah. Tell us about the stage show. It, <laughs> when I did see the stage show, it was actually a non-equity tour that came out in 2014. And I had had a mm-hmm. friend who was working um, at the. Philadelphia, the Kimmel Center is like the big theater organization slash they own half the big theaters in Philadelphia. They so they they produce okay. basically all of the Broadway tours that come through there. And I had a friend who mm-hmm. was working in the call center and she would get tickets to see stuff for free. And mm-hmm. she was like, hey, do you want to come see Rock of Ages? They're giving out free tickets like mad here at the office. So yeah. I was like, nice. Sure, I'll come see Rock of Ages. Um, and that was yeah. again, this was 2014 in my you know mid 20s. It is at the height of like. Guy Fieri hatred. And so I went into this show. It's a dark time. It was a dark very time. dark, dark time. So I went into this totally show. Totally uncalled for. <laughs> totally, yeah. I just, I was at the height of like being just a snobby, unfun asshole. And I was like, well, I'll go see it. But this is just like really slumming it, you know? And I got so fucking... Coming from a... <laughs> so fucking wasted at uh, Rock of Ages <laughs> that honestly, I can maybe remember about 20 percent of it if okay. i'm feeling very generous but i what i do remember um is is very like visceral in my head so we were just talking about like oh you know this the 80s are like we're, we're both approaching 40 and so as you can imagine with this show especially like mm-hmm. 10 years ago this was filled with baby boomers in the audience having the time of their life. Like I've never been to a musical theater show where the audience was just like its own form of entertainment. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of good people watching. Yeah. And a lot of insane, a lot of people coming from Southern New Jersey for a night at the theater and mm. they finally convinced their husband to come see a Broadway show. Right, I was going to say, this, this feels kind of like the bro version of Mamma Mia, it yes, sounds like almost. 100%. And this is like, this is 100% the bro. This is your dad's version of Mamma Mia. If Mamma Mia is for the wine moms, Rock of Ages is for the rolling rock dads. For the Jack Daniels dads. Yes. yes. It is It is like an Ed Hardy t-shirt came Oh. To life <laughs> That's the worst as, image. As as a show, and um, so like I said, I went into this being like very like like snotty and being like I you know I'm just here to like look at the riffraff enjoying this. And now as yeah. I approach 
you know, as, you put, as I'm getting to that, to as I'm waiting for like whenever there's like um like a Neutral Milk Hotel Decemberist musical coming out in 15 years, yeah. where I'm like, yeah, that, <laughs> that was the time to be alive. I, I think I said this before, where it's like the Britney musical is going to be the one that like, which I think there might be something that someone mentions something about that. Oh, but really? Like, when there's like a late 90s like revival of like, here's all the boys, uh, back, uh, like boy bands. Right. All compiled, like boy band jukebox musical. Everyone that are, it's our age is going to be like, this is great. Right. And then all the kids are going to be embarrassed <laughs> by us. I understand it now. And it's also the only time at a Broadway show where I've honestly been like scared for my life. Just because really? like people were like standing up in their chairs, getting like oh. fucking like day drunk or it was, it was the evening, but it was like day drunk atmosphere. I mean, um, that's how rock shows are. Yeah. You know, you've been to a couple of rock shows. I've seen plenty of like really brutal fights that break out. Yeah. Of those yeah. Like uh, the only other time I can think I can compare it to is I had seen right about the same time. Actually, I'd seen Elton John in concert and he did. I'm so I'm in Philadelphia and he broke out yeah. Philadelphia Freedom and I was just surrounded nice. by nothing but like baby boomers who were wasted screaming mm. for their lives. And I was like, this is <laughs> how I die. I'm going to get trampled <laughs> over by Deborah and Bob as they make their way back to their car to fuck because they're just so hopped up. Oh. Like that is the energy that Rock of Ages had when I saw it. It had an amazing, an amazing house band, by the way, which is kind of like yeah. one of the, this like the show. That's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. No, it had a super incredible house band. And like what I do know of the show is like it does have a huge fan base in part because like the house band on the Broadway show had people who were like sessions players that had been playing for like yeah. the fifth incarnations of like Blondie and like White Snake. So they had like like legit people who are like legit people really yeah. able to like fucking like blow, you know, a cover of Don't Stop Leaving on its ass. You well, know, that's what I was thinking, too, is like you could probably play this anywhere because every town you go to, there's always some cover band of people who are like. <laughs> I have a regular job, but in the weekends, like I play at the local bar with like my other bros and we play covers of songs in the eighties. You just swap those dudes out and have them play as part of the cover as part of the band. Like it is literally just going to a karaoke night at some bar in the middle of like Delaware. Like that's, that's the vibe. It's a smart idea. I kind of get that. Yeah. No, I I see. I mean, I liked Mamma Mia. I had fun with that one because, you know, ABBA songs are great. I was like, I get it. Well, you know, when you're in your twenties, like fun is not the thing that you see things for. You want it to be (laughs) That's true. Like, so I was just like, this is garbage. And I also hated, I hated Mamma Mia at the same time too. Like, it's so weird. Like there's like, so it's a jukebox musical and like Mamma Mia really like popularized the jukebox musical for like the, the, the Mm -hmm. early, the early 21st century. But like, it's actually a very old concept, the jukebox musical. Like it feels like, it feels like a new modern, like cash grab kind of thing. But like. It's existed in some like form since like the 18th century where people are like, well, they like these songs. So let's just put them together yeah, and yeah. like retrofit a story. Yeah. Like Singing in the Rain is a jukebox musical of Compton right. Green. Uh, about that? Yeah. The, but like I think when Mamba Mia came, that was when it really just like fucking ripped it Exploded. open. Yeah. Because like before that, yeah. you had things like Smokey Joe's Cafe or like Moving Out, which is a Billy Joel jukebox musical. But it was more of like a, a dance piece than like. Come see Billy Joel music, you know. Right. Um, Plus, Abba's like it's fucking Abba. It's fucking Abba. Like the <laughs> songs ever right. written that like everybody's obsessed with. So what's not to love? What are your feelings on like this genre of music of like eighties? People oh, have different terms for sure. it. Where I grew up, they called it cock rock. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, hair, I heard it called butt rock. Right, I call hair it butt metal, rock. Whatever. I, I, it's always like butt, butt rock, rock yeah. in my head, just because like the phrase is funny. I call it butt rock, but like yeah, hair metal, hair rock, um, arena a lot rock. Of names for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was never really like a fan of that genre of music. Like this is de- like, it, I'm a theater kid, you know, like anything that was sure. about like pussy and drugs. It is theater though right. to an extent. No, it right? It's like dudes with big hair no. and they're like bright colors. Right. And, and, like it's a thing it's I didn't. It's very campy. Yeah. As a kid, I did not appreciate that in the same way that I did not appreciate professional wrestling. And like, they're mm. all musical theater. Like that's, that, that yeah, is what really it is. Are. It's just yeah. musical theater. Um, but at the time, like I was not a fan of it. Like again, like anything that was just about drugs or sex or whatever, it was just kind of like, anathema to me like I was like oh no not that Uh, my parents weren't particularly big fans like my parents Mm. love Van Halen and that was about it but like who doesn't like Van Halen so like it was just kind of like yeah like one of those things that if I saw a time life compilation album I'd be like okay I know support. Wow, poor that takes me back a right. time of compilation record. I'm, wa- I'm watching Kids in the Hall on Comedy Central in like 2000, right. and I'm seeing a Time Life <laughs> ad for you know the best of Hair Rock, and you know yeah. like so I, I knew those songs from that, and then you know as I 
started getting old enough to go to bars and drinking, just having to be around people putting that on like the jukebox or, you know, people doing it at karaoke. But like it was never a genre that I was like particularly invested in. So so how about you? Oh, yeah, I loved it. I was all about that shit, especially, you know, in my earlier days of learning to play guitar Particularly when I think this is like a typical thing for when you're younger, you're just mm-hmm. like really drawn to guitar solos. Sure. Because you're like the tech, the virtuoso sure. sort of technical aspect of it. Yeah. And most of these songs are like dog shit, but then they have just like this insane solo that's like the most complicated thing you've ever heard. And it right. goes on for like 45 minutes. I mean, not not all of them, obviously. But right. So and then like weird kind of like harmonic leads or sure. depending on who's playing, you know, if Rat's doing it to an extent. But yeah, yeah. I, I had a period where I was like, I loved all that crap. I sort of loved how like goofy and stupid it was. Sure, yeah, yeah. And it was funny. But then we got sort of into my friend, one of my best friends and I who were in a few bands together back in the day. Him and I were like really into it. And we'd sort of be like, well, we like this and this and we like this part from this part. But then this band is like <laughs> Guns N' Roses gets lumped into hair metal. But they're sort of like this. The new wave of like the 90s rock and roll before Nirvana comes along, but then they're still doing it. Right. And the Motley Crue was part of the first bit of it, but they're not like poison. Like everybody hated poison. So there's like right. a lot of there's a lot of like drama amongst like who actually ends up getting the, that specific title of like sure. you know, butt rock, hair band, cock rock, whatever you want to call it, Bon Jovi. Sure. Like somebody like it's very like convoluted and it's used as like a blanket term. It's very like hipster of me to be like, uh, actually, <laughs> that's not properly, co- you know. So wait, are but, you saying yeah. we're going to pivot to calling this podcast cock rock explaining? Because like. <laughs> I, you know, that would be I fun, would love nothing more. A fun side tangent podcast because, yeah, like this is all pretty nebulous to me outside of like, yeah, um, this is what everyone who lived in Trenton and burnt out a little too early, like listened to yeah, <laughs> in like yeah. 1986. Like that's like it was just like, I think a little too before me and I was like a little too young to like appreciate it mm-hmm. in any context. No, yeah. no, no. I'm like, yes, I understand it. Like everything you had said, I'm like, yeah, sure. This is fun as fuck and it's stupid and it's frivolous, yeah, yeah. but there's like a lot of occasional like really brilliant technique to it so like i'm i'm I'm, yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah. i'm born again i guess is what i'm saying and i'm actually really um i never saw this this film adaptation of it so i'm you know i'm going in excited to watch it yes yeah exactly yeah i am like okay i try to have fun these are dark times you know yeah seriously so i'm I'm just trying to be positive here you are always positive and it's great and that's why we love you oh fuck you uh let's get into (laughs) Let's get into Rock of Ages notes before I forget. Yes. Uh, Rock of Ages is a jukebox comedy musical with a book by Chris Darienzo and featuring music and lyrics by some of the 1980s largest rock bands from Twisted Sister to Styx, from Pat Benatar to, of course, Journey. Uh, It was adapted for the big screen in 2012 with direction by Adam Shankman and a cast featuring Russell Brand, Alec Baldwin, Paul Giamatti, Catherine Zeta-Jones, she dips beneath the lasers, whoa. Did you ever watch Workaholics? No, but that was beautiful. Okay, that's from that. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Mary J. Blige, that's cool, Brian Cranston and Tom Cruise. Uh, A rambunctious mixture of hard rock standards come to life to save the rec center. (laughs) film cliches and fourth wall breaking humor rock of ages takes place during the last gasp of hair metal's popularity at the end of the 1980s the bourbon room a sunset strip venue run by spaced out but well-meaning owner dennis dupree faces permanent closure after a german redeveloper sets his eyes on the location oh my god Mm -hmm. in the last ditch effort to save the bourbon room dennis brings in stacy jacks the self-indulgent bad boy rock star from the recently broken up band arsenal to do one last show and help raise funds needed to keep the place (laughs) open this is great yeah. already. This is, this is the worst story ever. I love it. Uh, <laughs> amidst the chaos, the two young kids working the bar drew an aspiring musician because, of course, yep. probably going to write a song that saves the world, sure. as we've uh, noticed in every fucking every musical. Every musical now has uh, that. <laughs> and Sherry, a small town girl with Hollywood dreams, find, them, <laughs> so this is, I can't. <laughs> find themselves falling in love. Find themselves falling in love. Will the bourbon room be saved? <gasps> Will Drew and Sherry make it work <gasps> out? Are you absolutely going to hear Sister Christian and We Built This City sung back to back within a span of 15 minutes? Yes. I'm guessing yes. (laughs) (laughs) All this and more in Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages started as a 30-minute night show at the Los Angeles nightclub King King. Oh, I know King King. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, where it played for a limited engagement before moving to two other venues in the area for equally successful runs. 
After a brief stint at the Flamingo Casino and Resort in Las Vegas, it finally moved to New York City in 2008 for its off-Broadway debut, whereupon the score, story, and instrumentations were expanded to create the show as it exists today. It made its official Broadway debut at the Brooks Atkinson Theater in April on April 7th, 2009, where it ran until 2011, when the show was moved to the Helen Hayes Theater, its permanent home. Rock of Ages picked up five Tony nominations, including one for Best Musical and one for Best Actor, its recipient being Constantine Maroulis of American Idol fame. Yeah. That name sounds really familiar. Yeah, we we talked about him. He played uh, Jekyll and Hyde at one point. He, so he's he's oh, okay, okay, he's kind yeah, of yeah. one of those um, uh, American Idol alums that has made a living doing kind of cheesy Broadway shows. Uh, okay. Yeah. So good for her. Yep. Good, good for, for her. her. <laughs> good for her duck gift. Yeah. Uh, the show ran for 2,328 regular performances, closing on January 18th, 2015. Subsequently, it currently it's currently tied with Man of La Mancha for the position for the position of 29th longest running show in Broadway history. So it was not for nothing. It, no, was, it did okay. It did great. It made money. Okay. <laughs> it made money. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, s- since its closure, Rock of Ages has received countless tours, both equity and non-equity, multiple international productions, an off-Broadway revival, and yes, a Las Vegas residency at the Venetian. Uh, amongst the many notable things to say about the show, the Broadway run featured in-seat alcohol service. Yeah. They were thinking ahead. <laughs> yes, they were. It actually was like a thing that was very upsetting to people that like in-seat alcohol service was being offered for for myriad reasons one being like what is this going to do to broadway decorum to audiences <laughs> but also like people saw how much money like i read a really interesting fact about it that um the um theater originally made like about three thousand dollars in concessions every night and then when throck of ages they started making upwards of like you know uh forty five hundred dollars a night and other theaters were oh, okay. like oh shit we want to get a piece of like it so it kind of like changed concession stands like there is a mm. bigger push for drinking in Broadway shows you know between like featured drinks and theme drinks and, and stuff like yeah. that and like like so this show definitely pushed Broadway into a more get them drunk direction <laughs> it's, I mean that's the way that theaters in movie theaters are going too. sure it's like right they're offering more and more places with booze yeah. and food because they're trying to because they don't make their money off of the right right screenings yeah. as much considering how much they have to split off that's with the, uh, that's studios. exactly it yeah like this all goes to the theater and not to like the production itself. So, yeah. <laughs> um, real quick, because I've never come across this term within theater, uh, please explain to me equity and non-equity. So equity is the uh, broad, the, 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 the stage actors union. That is the big stage actors union. Oh, okay, so, okay, okay. Um, all, all Broadway productions are essentially equity productions, meaning that they only hire equity actors and, you know, that there are gotcha, all these gotcha. rules and not. Non-equity means, obviously, I could audition for Rock of Ages and be singing um, Here I Go Again on My Own to people if I so wanted to. Um, Now, there is kind Uh, of like... What's that? You wanted to try and sing that song right now so that our audience Here I go again on my own. I'm right here. There's your lead. Yeah. What, what was it? Stacy Jacks? Was that the name of the lead? Stacy Jacks. Uh, Stacy Jacks. Yeah, there you go. I will watch out, Tom Cruise. I'm right here and ready. I know that there, there's actually just a recent attempt, uh, a recent revival of Rock of Ages, but because of COVID, it had to close. So <laughs> we could have seen Rock of Ages. Uh. Look at what they took away from you. But yeah, <laughs> so there is kind of like... um. This is just something and every time we talk about equity versus non-equity tours, because I have seen a lot of non-equity tours. There is kind of um, yeah. a stereotype of them being cheaper or sure. smaller scale. And, you know, it's kind of like I've seen a lot of equity tours that were kind of like, you know, and a lot of great yeah. non-equity tours. So it's kind non-equity of an unfair, tours, yeah. but like it's not rooted in nothing. But yes. Yeah. So that's that's what equity. Okay, versus so it's like a non-union is. versus a union yes. shoot is what we do in film. Yep. Basically. Um, so they're not paying scale. They're no. not covering a lot of like things. That, yeah. There's a lot of minimums and stuff that you're supposed to take care of when it comes to uh, union stuff that, you know, guidelines that you must adhere to and you'll get penalized right. if you don't. Otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, anything. It sounds like, again, it's so it's a cock rock mama Mia <laughs> that requires a lot of drinking going into it. I think this will be, you know, a fun one to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, I, I think the movie is a little different from the stage show. So I can't I can't speak to that. Like, it's just the vibe that I'm getting, like based on like a cursory glance at it. But it looks like the same general plot. It looks like it's like Glee on steroids. So now it's ruined. It's Glee, but with adults. <laughs> um, so, I, I, you know what? It's it's been a weird week. I'm looking forward to it. 
All right, all right. Is this like a is is there like a whole? I assume, I feel like everything we talk about ends up having some weird cult fan base online in some oh, weird corner of the internet. It absolutely has a fan base. I was just reading okay. an article about a man who has paid over twenty five thousand dollars to see it five hundred times across the really? globe. Yes. Oh, I wish we could have gotten that guy to be on the I podcast. Know. I know. I would love to talk to him. I'm so happy for this man for living his best <laughs> life, and that also means I never want to get shit for having seen Phantom like seven times <laughs> ever. <laughs> Because that doesn't even begin to touch insanity. Okay? I just got to stand up for myself here. Anyway, thank you. Okay, fair (laughs) enough. (laughs) All right. We're going to go get our butt cock rock on. Yeah, going to go put Uh, my jeans and some acid and tease my hair, baby. I'm going to tease my my receding hairline, (laughs) uh, put on a leather jacket, watch Rock of Ages, and we'll come back. We'll be back on our own. This episode is sponsored by CuriosityStream, a subscription streaming service with thousands of documentaries and nonfiction titles, such as Shade Grown Coffee, the inspiring story about how growing coffee in the shade of native trees in the tropics can have a truly positive impact on local communities, halt deforestation, and protect critical habitat for wildlife. As a person who drinks a lot of coffee, enjoys being in the shade, and rarely leaving my natural habitat of being parked on my living room couch... I found this to be a relatable little lark. You can also get access to our streaming video service Nebula when you sign up for CuriosityStream using our code at curiositystream.com slash musicalsplaining. The Streamy Award-nominated Nebula is a video streaming platform built by and for creators. So you got Nebula, why CuriosityStream? Bro, are you, are you seriously questioning me right now? Who is even you? <laughs> Nebula is a place for smaller indie education type creators to try out new ideas that might not work out on YouTube. With Nebula, you can see original video essays, films, documentaries, and the likes from creators like Cat Black, Sarah Zed, and of course our old pal Abigail Thorne. We love Abby. Right now, you can get CuriosityStream and Nebula for only $2.99 a month or $15 for the full year by visiting curiositystream.com slash musicalsplaining. Once you use the code, you'll get a welcome email from Nebula giving you access to CuriosityStream and Nebula and my heart. And we are back. Back! Yeah, and... Uh, like that harmony for you I gave yeah. you? Because I'm your backup singer. Uh, apparently covered in sugar, we're hot, sticky, sweet. <laughs> this song's about jizz, isn't it? I'm wanted dead or alive. I don't oh. know what that's all about. Well, but <laughs> I have to ask you, are you a cowboy? I'm a cowboy. <laughs> well, I'm wearing a... You guys can't see this, but I put a bandana on yeah. to get into character it's, to record the second half of this podcast. <laughs> I wish you guys could see it. It is giving me Axl Rose cosplay. <laughs> it is giving me a midlife crisis. It is like... No, it looks fantastic. <laughs> it hides my receding hairline very well. I'm actually... Maybe I should start wearing this. Oh, yeah. Just make it a... Like, this is your thing now. You're like... Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Rock of Ages... I feel like I say this all the time. Let's summarize the paper thin plot that exists yes. within this show. It is just barely hanging in there. Um, it's basically, did you ever see the Welcome to the Jungle music video? It feels like it's yeah. like that, but then extended <laughs> over two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there were parts of it where I like imagine just sitting in like the, the screenwriting like room for this, just being like so. And that's that's just a very like, generous term to call it a screenwriting right, Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know. Just like people being like, so we got 10 minutes in this chunk of the film. Should we yeah. say anything? Yeah. Nah. So, Ju- what's her name? <laughs> Juliana Huff. Is that how you say her last name? Uh, Hoff. 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 I think it's Huff. Huff. I think it's Huff. It's like a she's a small Huff. town girl. Yeah. Coming. Gets on a bus. Yep. Starts singing to herself for some right. reason, and, and then her everybody. Name, in the bus her joins. name is Sherry. Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> She just gets on a bus and yeah, like everybody shows up to LA. Everybody is like in the bus. They're like really about her, like chasing her dreams. And so, yeah, she shows up in LA and then like immediately gets mugged as you do. Yeah. Um, As you do. uh, Immediately goes to the Sunset Strip. Right. right, That's where she arrives. Yes. She's like, I'm not going to look for my hotel yet. I'm just my body is so in tune with the rock and roll that I must go to the Sunset Strip. 
Um, gets mugged, but then is also s- noticed by um, the, but what's the bartender's name? Drew. I don't remember anyone's name. His Drew. name is Drew. It's like the word, like, see, Sherry, you're like, okay, like, I get it. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, Steve Perry's like, oh, Sherry, <laughs> I love. I think that's actually yeah. in the stage show, and they do not have it in this, which is some Interesting. bullshit. But anyway. <laughs> Some real uh, bullshit. So he, he notices her. He's, of course, like, I'm a singer. I'm yeah. trying to make it. She's like, oh, my God, me too. Did we just become best friends? Yup. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets her a job at, a job, at right. the bar where he works, the bourbon room, which. The uh, bourbon room, <laughs> which is a mashup, of course, of the Whiskey A Go-Go and sure. the Rainbow Room. Right. Very famously. Although I would say the interior kind of looks like the Troubadour as well. Mm. When I was looking at it, I was trying to figure I mean, none of it's like exact, but it's sort of like this Vegas kind of like, yeah. oh, like here's like Europe, like all condensed into like one thing. Like, right. That's sort of what it feels. It's like, here's all the Sunset Strip stuff into like one convenient bar to go to. Right. It's like at the Disney World of the Sunset Strip kind yes. of all put together. And it's run by Alec Baldwin Alec and Baldwin, Russell Brand. Who I, I like to think that this is the Aldous Snow prequel. <laughs> <laughs> the character that he plays in in uh, Get Him to the Greek and oh Forgetting Sarah God. Marshall. So I was like, this is the third. To me, this is like the this is his origin story. Right, right, right. Lonnie. Lonnie is his character's name. And Lonnie, yeah. Lonnie in the stage show is kind of like the narrator slash like MC. Oh, really? Yeah. Like if you go uh, and watch like an interesting choice. Yeah, like which so like like they obviously had to cut a lot of that, or they didn't have mm-hmm. to, but that was the direction they went in. But like Lonnie is kind of like the host of the night he's constantly like breaking the fourth wall to like joke to people and to also mm. just kind of push the plot forward Move and in this along. okay in this they just he basically is just reduced to the joke that he is in the stage show which is that he and his boss are in love and like that's right. that's basically it so like th- but they're they're both two good guys who just really love rock and roll Lonnie and yeah. uh, the guy who owns it i just keep saying it's 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 just Alex Baldwin. Baldwin, Dennis, yeah, yeah, Dennis, Dennis is his name, yeah, and like so they they are running this bar, but it is also like losing money because as as we established in the first half of this, this is kind of at the tail end of of butt yeah. rock or hair metal, of, yeah. <laughs> and the best line of the entire film is is Alec Baldwin looking over the paperwork and be like, "I hate taxes. It's so unrock and roll." <laughs> and I, <laughs> it's the worst yeah. line. He like. <laughs> They were like, you know, Alec Baldwin's hosted SNL. He's been on 30 Rock. He's got good He's comedic funny, timing. Usually. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is just like, this man just showed up to. Oh, I, I was reading about this, and apparently he tried to get out of it. Oh, really? Before they started he, filming. Yeah. He looks so miserable in this movie. Yeah, he looks he was. so unhappy to be there. Like, everyone else is just kind of like going for it They're to varying degrees it. of success. But, like, uh, Alec Baldwin just like looks so miserable to be in this it. movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. just. It's very uncomfortable watching him in this. And he's just, he's like, there's no character built into it. It's just Alec Nothing. Baldwin with a long wig. Um, but so he gives, he gives um, Sherry a job. And mm-hmm. as this is all happening, Stacy Jacks, who is like the lead singer of Arsenal, this fictional Arsenal, hair metal band, yeah. they're about yeah. to like end as a band. And he, Tells Dennis as Stacey a favor. Stacey Jacks is going to go solo. Sorry. Yes, no, so, yes, so yes. Stacey Jacks has become. Yeah, this is an important plot point. <laughs> right? Right. You can't skip over this. <laughs> it's super important. Um, yeah. uh, Stacey Jacks being played by Tom Cruise, of course. Tom Cruise. Um, we will get to that. Um, Which we're getting into that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Stacey Jacks, yeah, he's going to go solo and he's doing his final show with Arsenal at the Bourbon Room as a favor. At the Bourbon Room. Because Correct. he got like his start there. Or or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think Alec Baldwin gave him this first show, and then yeah. that's how he became famous, and yeah. yada, yada. Uh, and me- then Paul Giamatti plays his manager. Oh, right, yes, yes. A character that I think was invented for the movie. Um, yeah. Like, they literally just also named the character Paul. <laughs> and they named him Paul, right. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Giamatti was like, I could only uh, put so much effort into this. If you want to make yeah, this like, process, ah, fuck it. just call him Paul. Yeah, but just playing like the greasy manager type. Um, yeah. Yeah. With the terrible fucking cell phone that's yes. like six. It's like six bricks. Yeah. There's a lot of like, hey, remember the 80s in this? And yeah, remember the 80s? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's, so there are a lot of phones and a lot, a lot of hair. Um, so like that's going on. Meanwhile, Brian Cranston is running for mayor of Los Angeles and he right. is married to, married to uh, Catherine, Catherine Zeta-Jones. So they, so they are the equivalent of in the stage show, it's German like real estate developers. 
Um, oh, okay. So that they, makes more sense to me than what this ends up being. Yeah. Like what the story is. Yeah. Because she's loosely based on Tipper Gore, I believe. Sure. It's like Tipper Gore and then like, oh, what, like, oh, there's somebody else too that I'm like thinking of. Uh, Anita Bryant, I think too. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of that in that character. And she is like, she's more the one running for mayor than her actual husband. You know, she has yeah. like this big campaign to like take down the Sunset Strip. Uh, bar scene because it's bad because for it's children. Foul. Yeah, yeah, bad for kids. Yeah, and inappropriate and and I can't. Which, you know, I, yeah, well, you know, it's kind of gross. They were doing a lot of heroin and like, yeah, exactly. At the time, so. Yeah, I'm like, well, you know, maybe she had some. But the thing that yeah. was fun about her is she's also like um constantly drunk. And at first, I was just like, oh, Catherine Zeta Jones was just drunk while filming this movie because like, of course, yeah. she'd be filming this movie. Like, of course, how else are you gonna get? How it? else are you gonna get? But like, I'm like, is she actually just really good at playing drunk or is she? like drunk and like it's one of those acting you know mysteries that is always going to like (laughs) linger in my head like like when people talk about like oh how deep did Heath Ledger get into the Joker like I'm like how deep did how deep did Catherine Zeta Jones (laughs) get into playing the drunk right the (laughs) mayor's wife right uh uh, because I mean I think she looks like she's having a good time I'm good for her Catherine Zeta Jones Brian Cranston is also barely in this Phoning it in. I do not understand. I mean, I get it. It's like you're trying to just fill the marquee with a bunch of big names. And so like they're like, oh, the guy from Breaking Bad is in this. Right. Just absolutely just disposable character. Forgettable. Like he doesn't even sing. No, no. I was like looking forward to it. I was like, oh, are they going to give Brian Cranston like a heart song? Like, how do I get you alone? Nothing. Nothing. There's just he's just in it getting his dick sucked. I think at one point. And And that's about it. By like his assistant. So he's like having a secret affair with her while while Catherine Zeta-Jones is trying to take down the Sunset Strip. Yeah. So basically it's a good commentary on, uh, you know, right wing uh, couples. You know, and like the, their, their passion guys. plays in society. It's really <laughs> deep. Uh, so that's going on. And I guess it kind of all coalesces when Stacy Jack shows up to actually do this show. Oh, he's, he's famously unreliable. Oh, yes. He's like drunk and miserable. Yes. And like, yeah. they don't know if he's going to show up. And they're like, I don't know. Like, the entire fate of this bar rests right. on Stacy Jack showing up for this show. And then the opening act, I guess, like just doesn't come. Yeah, yeah. And they're so, like, what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Drew plays like, so Drew, the bartender yeah. who, again, this is all very important, you know, opens <laughs> for Stacey Jacks. And right, catches, he's like, I got a song. Yeah. Right, right. And he catches the attention of Stacey Jacks' manager, Paul Giamatti. That is the character's right. name is Paul Giamatti. I, Paul. Yeah, Paul just Giamatti. Paul, yeah. Just Paul Giamatti. It's um, meta. Yeah, it's super meta. <laughs> Uh, so Paul Giamatti, you know, has dollar signs in his eyes because he's kind of getting tired of Stacy Jacks and like his yes man monkey called Hey Man. Oh God! Oh yeah, yeah. Like there's like this weird the like fuck was that? He has like Stacy Jacks has a pet baboon called Hey Man. Like that's the joke is that his name is Hey Man. You, you know what that is? A hundred percent. I bet you bubbles. Like that, someone no no someone saw The Hangover Two and was like, oh it's cool <laughs> right. that there was a monkey smoking a cigarette. We need to put more monkeys in the right. movies. And they're like, all right, cool, let's do it. Even yeah. the guy. What's his, I forget what his name was that wrote the original show. Oh, Christy uh, uh, Debrizio, like Debrizio, yeah, yeah, yeah. Debrizio. I think he, yeah. He was basically like he apparently, apparently like was not happy with the movie. He's like, as soon as I saw that monkey, he was like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think he was like he really thought he was going to be the one to write the screenplay for the film, and right. then that did not pan out at all. Because I, I remember, yeah, yeah, I read something too where he was very unhappy with the film, which of course yeah. it's a work of art. If you've seen the Broadway show, <laughs> I would be highly protective of it too. Basically, Paul Giamatti is like, okay, I'm gonna you know blew up this Drew kid here. And also he thinks that his his new girlfriend, Sherry, has slept with Stacey mm-hmm. Jacks. It is a comical misunderstanding. Right. A right. very a very contrived comical misunderstanding. Very, um, very well crafted. Uh, the, also, there's a there's a Rolling Stone reporter, reporter played by uh, Malin Which, Ackerman. Malin Ackerman. All right. Let's okay. let's talk about this fucking Rolling Stone <laughs> right. reporter. What the fuck? Yeah. That that is also a character invented for the movie. Uh, as far really? as I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's like oh. another there's like an adjacent character in the stage show. But she's like a kind of like crunchy granola. Like I want to save the bourbon room because it's right. like an architectural legacy to the city kind of character. Right. Whereas this, she's just a Rolling Stone reporter. And they, there was like a moment where I was watching this movie last night or rather the day before where they, right. she and Tom Cruise, like she goes in like looking to take Tom Cruise, you know, down in a report or whatever. And then like they end up she's falling like, in I'm, love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Which, by the way, and it's also this thing where it's like, it's so bizarre, right? Cause like, Granted, it's like a fun movie. It's supposed to be silly, like blah, 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 whatever. But right. like, 
it's it's a reporter from Rolling Stone. Right, like, right. They, they they basically made her like this weird like librarian intern who yeah. like has never seen the world. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't make sense. She's like very marmish, and then of course, I mean, it's Melvin Ackerman who is a very beautiful woman. So the joke is going to be like, oh, she's gonna get mad horny. You know, she's actually hot. Yeah, and she takes her glasses, which I hate. By the I, way, glasses one are of my hot. least favorite. Stop doing that. I know. Yeah, I, one glasses are hot. Two, nobody yeah. just takes them off without going. Oh God, I can't see shit. Yeah, uh, three motherfucker just once. <laughs> I want a girl to put on the glasses and then that's when she's hot in the movie. That's the movie I'm going to make. Do a reverse. She's all that. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, so like that, that happens. They hook up and they're, they are in love and it is one of the most, okay, like it's a surreal scene because it's to the song. Uh, it's to Mr. Misters. I want to know what love is. And there's a point where Tom Cruise, like she's bent over and Tom Cruise is singing. I oh, want right. to know what love is. To her butt. Right to her asshole. And I have to admit, I laughed there. I That's was in such, funny, yeah. I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is incredibly stupid to the, to the degree that I appreciate it. But like, I, I thought there'd be more of that in this movie. And honestly, yes, yes. there there was not enough of it. Because, like, the, the state show is incredibly stupid. It's a lot of dad, like, blue humor, you know, yeah. like, about, you know, nutsacks and stuff like that. And, like... Good old nutsacks. It was actually, like, comparatively pretty tame. But anyway, let's finish summarizing this. No, I was going to say, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever. He's, like, she's the only person who, like, tells him the truth. Yeah, and, yeah. Because he's, he's just surrounded by a bunch of yes men. Right. And then things go crazy because... What is his name again? Drew. Drew, yeah. Drew is like signed. And then Paul Giamatti is like, yo, we need to like basically make you more palatable to a broader yeah. audience. And they turn him into like somebody from Belle Biv DeVoe, I think yeah. is sort of what they're trying it's to like go for. It's like a new kids on the block type thing. Yeah. yeah they like, cut his hair and right. put on like, you know, or like, uh, what was it? Uh, Color Me Bad. Was oh, yes. Name? Yeah. That's I a really good. Sex you up. Up. It's exactly like Color Me Bad. Yeah. So like. He's getting like, you know, um, what's the word? Bought out by the man, essentially. Yeah. And then Sherry leaves the bourbon room. Well, because he accuses her of sleeping with, with Stacey Jackson. Right. She leaves. She's like, I'm not going to work here anymore anyway. Right, exactly. In this very not contrived thing. So she ends up working at a strip club that is run by Mary J. Blige. Who discovers her on the street for right. some reason and right. is like coming in. She's just like, Mary, hey. Like, Mary J. Blige. Okay. All right. Let's. <laughs> Let's <laughs> real quick. Sidebar here. Right. Sidebar, yeah, sidebar of Mary here. J. Blige sidebar. <laughs> There was a part of me sitting there watching her in this going like, would I absolutely love a movie of Mary J. Blige singing hair metal? Because like when she does sing it, you're like, this is fucking awesome. I would have never thought to put this together. But like, it's also such an underwritten character that like. Right. And I'm like, Mary J. Mary, this is beneath you. Like, yes, 100 (laughs) percent. God, like, what's the song she sings? Any way you want it. I mean, she starts doing Mary right. J. Blige. Yeah, any way you want. And, and like, she's okay, amazing, right, of course. Right. It's fucking Mary J. Blige. Right. <laughs> but there's like nothing to it. You're just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm like, I'd watch a movie yeah. that was Mary J. Blige just, you know, singing 100%. like Poison. But like, it's it's just kind of like shoved in the back of the movie. So anyway. And she, uh, she runs a strip club right. that looks like the set from Hustlers. With yeah. all the, uh, what do they call it? The bisexual lighting is the joke that's going around about like the 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 deep blue and like the right. pink and like the different so it's like one of those spots right although uh, all Sherry. the waitresses have like weird like greek like caesar's palace type like costumes too <laughs> like true. i'm just yeah, like yeah, not yeah. sure what's going on here but sherry works there as a waitress and then eventually he's like no i'm gonna level up to a, a stripper now. at this point yeah. and like what was insane to me also about this is julian howe is a dancer like she is like an incredibly talented dancer. She's mm-hmm. known for dancing with the stars for like winning it twice, you know, um, and like she's wow, competitive okay. ballroom. Yeah, like th- she's like, I, I'm not a dancing with the stars person, but you know, like there's the celebrity and then there's the professional dancer and she like she's was the, the professional. professional dancer. It was just like baffling. So, so yeah, anyway. Almost uh, at the end. You're almost at so the end. She, <laughs> we right. said it was such a non-existent plop. We've found ourselves in so many cold There's a lot happening. Yeah. Oh my God. Apparently we're uh, going to have a three-parter of an episode. Right. West, West Side Story, we couldn't fit it in one. Yeah. This everyone was like, oh, we'd love it if you did longer episodes. <laughs> and so this is what you get. You get a long yeah. Rock of Ages episode. Um, but uh, so then she goes back to the Hollywood sign, which is where she went with uh, oh, right, Drew, with Drew. On, like, their first day. And right. then he's there because he's also sad. Right. He, they're both like, he's like, oh, I'm a member of Color Me Bad. And she's like, oh, I'm a stripper. And they're yeah. like, oh, th- things didn't turn out the way we wanted it to. Right, like, right. We're going to go back. And he's like, you can't do that. You're talented. She's like, no, you're talented. That's, yeah, right. Right. Exactly. And then so they go back. Uh, st- oh, oh, oh. Um, So. 
Stacy Jacks's manager Paul does not like charges the the bar for the yes. Stacy Jacks performance when Stacy Jacks had promised it for free. So like the now first the, show, right? yeah, the first show, the first show that happens like at the halfway point, and so now the bar is like definitely in danger of having to close. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he's sad, and there's a whole like you said, there's like a, a song with Russell Brand and uh, right Alec Baldwin where it's revealed that they're actually in love this whole time. Right. Although again, another one of the funny lines where he's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Tell him I'm busy." Falling in love. <laughs> that was a funny line. That was a fun Alec Baldwin right there, too. It was a good one. Yeah, that was a pretty good Alec Baldwin. It was like if Alec Thank Baldwin you. were uh, Batman. Um, <laughs> sorry, Robert Pattinson. I'm Batman, yeah. <laughs> so then they're going to play another show because he's trying to get um, Stacey Jacks to... Because now Stacey Jacks is like not listening to anyone because he's like obsessed right. with uh, Malin Ackerman's character or whatever yeah, the journalist. Yeah, character. <laughs> Char- yeah, quote unquote character. Her air quote character. So Stacey Jacks fires Paul Giamatti. Uh, Drew's uh, Color Me Bad band is performing but getting booed off the stage. Meanwhile, like this like uh, Republican protest is happening outside. And basically, Russell Brand recognizes that Catherine Zeta-Jones is on right. the cover of one of Stacey Jacks's old albums and right. that she used Turns to be. Had, right. Yeah, she banged him like a million yeah. years ago. Yeah, they banged a lot. And she's just like a, a former bad girl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I guess it all... I'm like, how does this like end? It just is like... It doesn't. It, it doesn't. just sort of is like they put on a concert and then they yeah. play... And, oh, and then he goes in the bathroom to bang Alan Ackerman while Belle oh, DeVoe is playing. Right. I'm sorry, while fucking dude is playing. Right. And then she comes on stage. What's her name comes on stage? Um, what the fuck? So Sherry comes Sherry. on stage and they sing. They Don't sing. Stop Believing. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And they do a duet. And then he's like, oh, my God, this is great. And right. then he comes back. And I guess he decides to not leave the band. Yeah. I think yeah, is I what's think, implied. Yeah. He's like, oh, I love rock and roll again. And I want to do it yeah. for the, the art, the art the form right reasons, itself. Yeah. And then it ends with like a big concert of yeah. him playing that song and, and going crazy. And then yeah. it sort of just fizzles out and it's done. So That's thank God we made it through. Yes, Jesus he did it. Christ, <laughs> it took us forever. Why was that so hard? <laughs> <laughs> I was so hard. I was like, this is a nothing movie. It has a two sentence plot. Um, and so you, like, it seems like you and I have like a similar thought on this. Right. And I think this is what it is. Right. And I'll, right. I'll try and summarize this off the bat. OK. It, it can't decide. It's it's billed as a comedic musical. Right. But it, it basically can't decide if it's a comedy film or if it's like a music video. Yeah. Is partially what the, to- like there, it doesn't commit to one tone, which mm-hmm. is what makes it bad. Cause there's, there are actually like a few parts that are actually very funny. Yeah. Yeah. And they're staged and sort of done as like a comedy. And even the writer who's Justin Thoreau, who's like, he wrote like Tropic Thunder and sure. he's like been a part of American Psycho. Like the guy I know at least on some level sort of has had a hand in some funny stuff. Sure. But the direction is very, like, confused. Like, it's half trying to be a music video, half trying to be a comedy. Even though it is a musical and that it has songs that, like, move the (laughs) plot forward. I guess. It it, it feels like it's not like, oh, you know, filming, like, Sunday in the park with George or something like that. Where, like, these character moments are really driven by the songs. Like, this is not the case, you know, here. Yeah, they just play a song randomly here and It's kind of just shot as, like, whatever. So, like, I know you talked about this with West Side Story, but, like, I guess comparatively, like, that dearth of actual good committed direction to, like, what you are trying to do is so lacking in in a lot of musical films. And Adam Shakeman also directed, like, he directed the film version of the musical version of Hairspray, Hairspray, um, which was a success. So I'm assuming this is why they got, like, I read an interview with him that was very, like, haughty he was like i'm the man they came for for comedy musicals like when they picked uh, me to direct this i was just like well okay <laughs> sure and like that, that that movie is fine i'm not like the world's biggest like fan of that movie hairspray yeah. but like it's it's it, it's serviceable but it's still just like it's just kind of shot like whatever to me whatever. and like when okay. hairspray at least is i think a decent musical where but like when you mm-hmm. have something like rock of ages man you have to find someone who is like either gonna go balls to the wall like mm-hmm. comedy with it because like it is supposed to be a funny show but like there are just yeah. stretches of this where it's like i don't even know like <laughs> like i don't even know like it's it's that's like, the best it, way to it put felt it i don't so, even know it felt long like um, it was very long. It's like over two hours. I was like, I thought this was like a 90 minute musical. Yeah, top. me too. Like, no and, one can sit through this like, for two hours. It's two hours. And it feels honestly like two and a half hours. Like, yeah, I, it's I, quite long. It was it was honestly like pretty rough going for me. And I I tend to enjoy or at least try to enjoy most things. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. Like, again, we talked about this, but I'm not like a huge fan of the genre. 
of songs. And like after you saying yeah. like, yeah, a lot of these songs are just really dumb. And then they have like a moment of like technical brilliance Some or something yeah. in it. Like I was sitting there going like, oh my God, when like pour some sugar on me and, um, <laughs> Uh, oh shit, what was it? Uh, not Dead or Alive, but there was like another song, but I was, oh, here I go again on my own. I was like, these songs sound again, the yeah. fucking same. I'm just like, yeah. like, it was just all like a mush to me. Like, yeah, a copy of a copy of, you were talking about like the actual genre of the songs, too, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, but like, like, but like when you have them all together and there's like no distinctive yeah. like directing choice or like what am I trying to establish with this scene, it really just. You know, I'd be happy listening to them at a bar on like a carry like or like a, like a, a jukebox. But like literally yeah. when you're trying to like push a plot along with that, it just it like it blurred in my mind. I got like secondhand embarrassment from this, honestly. <laughs> like, like, I, and I like musicals like that's the embarrassing thing here. Like I was like, why? Yeah, yeah. Why can I watch somebody like tap dance in the middle of like the stage like organically, but from also out of like left field, whereas this is just like. I don't know, like, they got to that point at the end where, like, they're singing, it's two songs that they're singing together, and it's, 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 it's like the Russell Crowe, or not, not Russell Crowe, I wish Russell, Russell Crowe Crow showed up, this. right? It's like the only thing missing. Russell it was, Brand. It was when Russell Brand and, like, Catherine Zeta-Jones are, like, singing, uh, like, we're not oh, going to take doing the it. the And yeah. I was like, you could tell they we thought this was... city. And, yeah, and you're like, you know they think this sounds amazing, because, like, this is, like, 2012, we are in a post-Glee society, and white people love nothing more than, like two songs from the 80s put on top of each other. And, like, right. I'm just sitting there just, like, so <laughs> embarrassed. Like, I don't know. Like, it was just, like, taking me out of my body. Like, I'm like, this is... Yeah. This is not for me. Like this is this is yeah. this is not not for me. Um, and I, which is a shame because I actually think that mashup does happen in the stage show, from my memory of it. Because again, as I said, I was quite wasted, and it did happen towards <laughs> the end of it. But like, it, it really does lay bare. Just like, ugh. Like I've been thinking so much about jukebox musicals this week because of this, and like, mm -hmm. I, it's not a genre I particularly love. But the ones that work, like. There's a Carol King jukebox musical called Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it live, but I have listened to it. And I'm like, well, this works because like a lot of Carol King songs feel like monologues. Like the lyrics feel like, you know, there's one universal truth that she is stating, like you're far away. And like, what does yeah. it mean that you're so far away? This is how it makes me feel. Like it's these very like personal intense, like, oh, mm -hmm. this is a monologue. I could see this. But like seeing yeah. like that scene in 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 Rock of Ages where um when she decides to start stripping and they're singing um any way you want it and they try to make each like verse about one of the other girls in it like yeah, it was yeah, just like yeah. you know i like it, stupid shit but there's like a point <laughs> like there's a What's point the where I'm just... uh, there's no there there basically <laughs> and not not that it needed to have like a super complicated plot no. which apparently based on our like fucking 45 minute <laughs> right. recap of it it was very because right. it's very convoluted because I, I, I was thinking about it because b before we went into the break, we talked about it being kind of like Mamma Mia. Sure. Yeah. In that sense. But I think Mamma Mia is different in the sense that like their songs are very like all of ABBA's songs are very like upbeat and fun right. and light. Right. And the plot of it is sort of just tongue in cheek and funny. And you right. get Meryl Streep in it. Like, right. you know, it's sort of like you get big stars. But like you said, like this is a bunch of people with the exception of Tom Cruise who felt like they didn't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, um, okay. So <laughs> we were talking about this after we had recorded the first yes. part. I oh, go ahead. Yes. I, I oh, sorry. Wait, like, like, wait, 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 wait. I, I want you to finish your thought because um, if I get into Tom Cruise, I'm not going to be able to. <laughs> oh, like, no, no, no. It's yeah. okay. Uh, I, I, I was just saying, like, I think I think just real quick is is that the, the genre of music and the, the time period in which this takes place or it's meant to sort of replicate sure. and like the kind of mashup of all these. Not that it's like a, obviously it's not like historically correct. But right. Right. It it <laughs> feel it felt to me more like a. I don't know. So it's like if if somebody from outside the United States had like made a movie about what was happening in the United sure, States where they don't really yeah. have a point of reference for it. Yeah. Almost like a like a Bollywood movie or something. It would it would have been fun if that was what it was. Sure, right. But I was just like internally I was like you're kind of like blending all these things and it sort of defeats the purpose of what it was. Right. If that makes sense. Like yeah. like Tipper Gore like like the Tipper Gore thing is like okay, that's but that that whole plot line doesn't really matter. Like no. you can just take that away and it doesn't even affect anything in the show. Right, because like the threat is not like they're going to get closed down by actually Catherine Zeta-Jones. It's purely right. like a money issue, you know, like right. It's, yeah. it's like, why is why is this here? <laughs> like, and then the subplot and then the plot of like the Rolling Stones are it just it's like all these like half written threads. That yeah. Just sort of were like if you had at least just sort of like focused on whatever, like, OK, you could say like Tom Cruise is a sad Stacey Jackson is like a sad boy who's sure. like lost his lust for 
uh, the rock and roll scene. And sure. then suddenly this, these like young and up and comer, young up and comers come along and they sort of reinvigorate his sense of like right. what it meant to be in the scene in the first place. You're like, okay, that, that's all you need. Like you right. can sort of build something out of that. But yeah. it's like they were just trying to like cram all these extra things into it. Sure. And and then also like the Sunset Strip itself, like that whole scene is like that's not really like the idea of that becoming like this family friendly, like fun musical is also sure. really strange because it's like, yeah, everyone's like doing heroin and cocaine and like yeah. having sex on the street. <laughs> right. And like, you know, it, it's not in each other's like a, mouths. Yeah. Like, like it's. Yeah. Which again, that's fine. That's a choice. Right. But it was just, it, it sort of was like, uh, it didn't commit to one or the other. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so it didn't, it it didn't go like, like fully gross or right. like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I'm trying not to make this about like righteous gemstones. <laughs> <laughs> not enough dicks. No, not enough dicks. <laughs> but like, just, just in terms of like commitment to absolute insanity, which is what I think this absolutely needed. Like, if you're going to make yes. a movie about a genre of music that is notoriously decadent and kind of like brain cell yes. free. Yes. Why are we trying to like make this meaningful? Like, like, why are we trying to make this like not what it is? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Which is because I, I was like remembering having fun at Rock of Ages, the show, yeah. you know, like, was it stupid as fuck? Like, absolutely. But like, it was fun, you know, whereas this was yeah, just kind of yeah. like for the most part, like, I don't know what I'm wa- like. I don't know what I'm <laughs> supposed to be watching here. But on the note of fun. Oh, oh. But yes, I was going to say, though, real, real quick before you, because we, we talked about it. So, But I, I will say that the parts that I did think were fun were the Tom Cruise parts. Tom Cruise's personal thing notwithstanding. Like, yeah. we all know, like, Tom Cruise is problematic, et cetera. But, like, yeah. he I, is fucking funny in it. I have he's to, insane. Yeah. Like, we finished recording the first part, and, like, we had had this, like, sidebar conversation about how I do yeah. not enjoy Tom Cruise when he tries to be funny. Because usually, yeah. like... And, and like you, I saw the disagreement in your eyes immediately. I was like, "Well, yeah, that's was the like, end of that friendship." Because <laughs> like, like I think we're specifically both thinking of like the Les Grossman character in Tropic yeah. Thunder, which is a parody of like Harvey Weinstein, basically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to me, like when I remember seeing that movie in theaters and just feeling like it was like watching a dog like walk backwards or like on its hind legs. Like I yeah. don't, I don't think of. Cruise as a comedic actor and a lot of that performance to me was like look at Tom Cruise saying fuck and like you know yeah. dancing yeah. and it, like 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 it's a fucking um like Madagascar movie but like like that's how I felt <laughs> watching that performance and I, it's apparently yes. a very unpopular opinion about Tropic Thunder but like hey I, man you're allowed to have it I respect your th- opinion this no is my words. fucking this is my fucking hot take right here Tom yeah. Cruise should not do comedy but now I have to bite my uh or put my foot in my mouth because he was the best part of this. Yeah, film he was easily the best part of this movie. Far away, like he was actually like he knew what movie he was in, and he not right. only knew what he was in, but he showed up game. Like, yeah, he's he like really so committed to this fucking stupid character, um, <laughs> and he can actually sing. I was like, okay, like, yes. yeah, okay, like good for you, Tom Cruise. Yeah, like that 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 moment where he's like singing into Malin Ackerman's asshole wasn't something I did not think. <laughs> I did not think he was capable of as an actor, but like I, I like there's there's like one other moment I'm trying to remember. He had this line, and I just like fucking laughed my ass off. I was like Tom Cruise, unexpected MVP here. I get it. Like I have to, yeah. And there's, and there's this one scene at the end where like it's like he's making his entrance into the bar, yeah. where he's gonna like confess to Malin Ackerman that he actually does like kind of love her, right? And he's like, and he storms in like it's like a you know like a typical mover who's gonna go like grab the girl and like tell her, and then like basically he gets like stopped by all these like women fans that love him, mm-hmm. and some girl like grabs him and start, and he's like at this point he's locked eyes with Malin Ackerman like he's gonna walk over, and then he gets stopped along the way, and some woman grabs him and starts making out with him, yes, and he just and he's putting up his hands and he's like okay okay yeah. like he's got his hand up being like okay we're going right, along and then right. he puts up a finger being like one second one second like hold on <laughs> right. hold on like to Mount right. it's, it's very funny so it's like funny. a good yeah. yeah like I was just uh, man like I was like okay Tom Cruise is talented yes I know our problematic man here but like yeah I was like okay I, I can see like why they went all in on Tom Cruise here like yeah. because also I love that like there's there's something like uh, that he's kind of out of shape but still walking around like he's like <laughs> this sex god from like eight years ago and like, yeah. it, it, like he does it perfectly I can't explain it because he's not like self-conscious about his body he just is like clearly right. this guy who right. thinks he's still you know that cowboy out there but prime. 
while you can of, yeah. see like his paunch a little bit and it's all hanging yeah. out there in these like low rise jeans and like these leather vests. And it is like it's a really full bodied, funny performance buried really in a is. garbage movie that like. Yeah. Uh, and again, like he can sing. I was like, shit. But, and they gave him like some actual songs too. Oh like, yeah, I think everybody's singing in this actually. Everybody is uh, that's in it that's singing it's it's their voices. Yeah. Their yeah, yeah, nobody nobody is being dubbed here. Like what what's he singing? Uh he doesn't have can't fight this feeling. It's is it does he sing here? No, he has uh wanted dead or alive oh, is one of Oh, right, 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 right. He has that. Um, of course in true Tom Cruise oh, I fashion. I want to know what love is. That was like Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> apparently in Tom Cruise fashion he was like I sang for like 5 hours a day for like 6 months to right. get ready for this role because right. I wanted to get my he like treated right. it like you know he maniacal was doing, devotion to it, right? It was like he was working on like another you know Mission Impossible movie and trying to get into shape for that. Yes. Like he treated it like he treated it like that. And now I'm it's like right. it's consummate professional. I, I it's honestly like I didn't think about this going into the film, but it's made me reassess my feelings about Tom Cruise as an actor. Like I'm not joking. Like I've never been a huge Tom Cruise fan, and like oh really? No, like I think just the veneer of his personal life is like yeah always yeah. kind of overshadowed shit for me um yeah for sure especially because like i'm at the tail end of like not the tail end of the millennial generation but like mm-hmm. i didn't like grow up watching like um top gun or, top gun or anything like that where i was just like Jesus oh my Christ. god that, this ha- that movie was on repeat in my house my yeah. sister was just like top gun You're non-stop just constantly in the danger zone uh yeah. just oh man talk about something that would make a good musical anyway uh oh yeah <laughs> There, okay. I'm actually shocked they haven't made a Top Gun. That's a good idea. Like, yeah, musical. Yeah, because you could have some Kenny Loggins. You could have like they, there have there have been musicals made Take about. Take my breath away. <laughs> <Right>? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Okay. I'm gonna put that idea in my pocket. Uh, <laughs> if the Nederlander <laughs> organization, Top Gun the musical. <laughs> right? If the Nederlander organization is looking for something to produce, I'm right here. We've got Top there Gun the go. musical. Uh, if you're we'll, listening. we'll get Pasek and Paul to do it because they wrote they wrote a musical called Dogfight that is about airplanes. Um, they're they're the people that wrote Dear Evan Hansen. Anyway, this is tangential, but now I'm just gonna I'm just gonna just Broadway call me. Uh, call you, yeah. <laughs> please, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed it though because when we were talking about it, I was like, oh no, it's gonna. I'm like, what if Tom Cruise is great in this because he's probably just gonna be ridiculous and like, right. way too into it and like yeah, but like that's the sort of smart part. Oh, although I I was also reading about it apparently. So this was. During the time that he was still married to Katie Holmes and he had his daughter uh, with her. Oh, Surrey Cruz. Surrey Cruz. Right, yeah. right, that was her name. Surrey Cruz. <laughs> so she apparently was like obsessed with hairspray. Oh. And like his daughter was like watching it like over and over and over again. Mm. And and so apparently that's why he was like, oh, I want to I want to work with uh, Shankman. That's his name, right? He's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I got to work with him. Like my daughter. It wow. was sort of like this weird Raul Julia and Street Fighter thing. Sure, right, like, right, my right, grandkids yeah. love this. So <laughs> right. I did this. Wow, because uh, I was like, I was wondering, I was like, how did how did they get Tom Cruise? Because I had yeah. seen like, oh, Tom Cruise was really invested in this and had taken singing lessons. Mm-hmm. But I was like, what was the get? And his daughter liking Hairspray, which is it, yeah. it is like, again, it's a perfectly, you know, competent and, and at times very funny movie. Like, OK, mm-hmm. I can see that. Like, yeah. I don't know who else you would cast in that role besides someone like. Sebastian Bach, who is in the back, <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah, well, he a makes of, a cameo in it at one point. Yeah, too, I was actually. like, oh, yeah. hey, Sebastian Bach, there you are. Uh, but like, yeah, he he. Again, going back to our earlier conversation, he's like one of the few things in it that is committed to what this movie should be, which is a stupid, ridiculous, full-bodied send yeah. up of just but, this but, nonsense. But also the thing that we didn't mention, which is you know very important at this point in Tom Cruise's career, it's like he is that guy. Yes, yes, at, yeah. At that, <laughs> he is that sort of like yeah. aging. It's sort of like, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There's yes. a reason why he cast Brad Pitt and fucking Leo DiCaprio. Right. Like these guys were kind of like from an older generation. They're like, what do I do? Am I too yes. old for this? Is the industry passed me by? Like, yeah. I'm a, and that's sort of what it was with Tom Cruise at this point, especially oh, yeah. in the mid to late 2000s. People right. were like, what the fuck is, that's where a lot of his personal stuff really came to the forefront and people were like who the fuck is Tom Cruise so you really had to go through this rebrand of like who he was right well then that's that's even funnier now that he's playing like this like washed up rock star because like you'd read interviews with like Katie Holmes Mm -hmm. in happier days and she was like oh my god I had like such a crush on Tom Cruise growing up and now here I am married to him and now I'm married to him (laughs) like that's gonna turn out interestingly yeah you know it's funny because like thinking about the Les Grossman character in, in Tropic Thunder I mm-hmm. think part of why I was so uncomfortable was like you are like one of the most powerful men in in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. So something yeah. about this isn't like quite working for me, but like 
Mm-hmm. I don't know, Rock of Ages. I was like, no, this is actually you. So, <laughs> like, he's a good performer. Just yeah. like the stage performance, he's just funny. Like, he's just yeah. It's it, he's kind of making fun of it, but also he's like so committed, committed. to it. That it's like that's what's absurd about it. Yeah. yeah. There's like, oh, there's like a really disgusting kiss he gives Mel and Ackerman at one point, like towards the end, <laughs> where so he gross. just like he just like full body jams like his like tongue, not even in like a like a hot way. It's just like. Yeah, like it's like a yeah. missile and it just goes like right to the back of her throat. And it's so disgusting. <laughs> like, I didn't think Tom Cruise had that in him. But so, you know what? I he will did. say he if you it. want to see Tom Cruise not wearing a shirt. Uh, oh, God. Like just in in like this kind of woe is me performance, um, putting his mouth in disgusting places. Then this is this mm. is a movie for you. So, you know what? Yeah, I'd say I'd say pretty, pretty much like his his like little cameos in it. Yeah. Or, the, or like the main reason why you would like you can actually get through it. Yeah, well, I mean, like uh, I, I thought this was like I thought like oh surely this made money like because it looks like oh one, no it's a flop it's a flop it's a I didn't re- yeah I was like oh fuck this this did not it even, didn't recoup, even its recoup its budget, its budget. yeah yep. like I was like this looks uh, cheap as fuck uh, this looks like it was made on it I'm sure the the cast is why it cost so goddamn much but even the fact yeah. that like it did not recoup at all I was just like woof. Here. Yeah, it was a seventy-five million dollar budget. Apparently, it only made sixty-nine. It was like something fifty-nine something, I think. Yeah. 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 Like, so it, it didn't even recoup that, which is right, no surprise because it just wasn't great. Yeah, it's not like you know the thing about Mama Mia is is like clearly most of these people signed up because they wanted to go to Greece for three months, and who the fuck wouldn't right. want to go to Greece to do a fun musical? But like, that's yeah. also the energy the film kind of needs, you know? Right. Like, it feels like it's a vacation. Yeah. Like it's it, it's fun. It's fun watching you know Colin Firth and Meryl yeah. Streep hanging out in like Santorini and like acting like assholes. It's aspirational in a sense. We're just sort <laughs> of like, yeah, yeah, this is what's fun. It's so like, I want to be a celebrity running around singing ABBA songs in Greece one day. Right. That would be cool. And this, like this Rock of Ages has none of that because I guess balding men in their like late fifties don't really have an interest in running around in Santorini with their friends. They just kind of want to listen to yeah. out. Yeah. It's just like, it's, 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 it's boring. And like, I, could say a lot of things about the stage show but i i wouldn't call it boring per se Mm, you know mm -hmm. so yeah i i went in with like very low expectations and apart still didn't even meet them (laughs) no apart from tom cruise who again as someone who is a a bit of a tom cruise hater i have to Mm -hmm. uh take that back because he is actually genuinely really fun to watch and he can also sing again i'm like what the fuck tom cruise I I might have to go and rewatch an interview with the vampire because that is like the one movie I can like. Oh my god, I love fuck that around movie. with. Oh my he's god, so he's so good in that. that too. Yeah. yeah, like honestly, that character reminded me a lot of Lestat, and so I think that's Lestat. why it was really funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, you know what, Tom Cruise, put him in another musical. I'd be interested to see what happens there because, like, again, a committed full body performance and he can carry a tune, which I am always pleasantly surprised when someone can sing. Like this is we started this as like a podcast about like fucking Rock of Ages, and now it's like turned into a Tom Cruise. I know. <laughs> podcast where we're like, I love Tom Cruise in this. I love. I'm do, sorry. I'm sorry. You I know. know what? We I were know. too hard on Far and Away. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like, um, uh, watch it for Tom Cruise, not for Paul Giamatti or Brian Cranston. God, like, I'm still um, not just, over Brian Cranston. Anyway, yeah, just because there are younger people who listen to this who don't really know, uh, half these fucking songs are like. Not from the era that it claims to be. Yeah. <laughs> most famously, more than words, which came out, I think, in like 1992. Right. Which was yeah. Like five. It was like a big hit, like six years after, like <laughs> this thinks that it's taking place. Right. It was very strange. Yeah, and I, Mister Misters, you know, I want to know what love is. Is one of my favorite fucking like cheesy songs. Like, yeah, I get into that, but I'm like, this isn't that genre of music at all. No. Like, this is like Richard Marx soft rock. And I would love to and, watch a Richard Marx soft rock jukebox right. <laughs> musical. And as far as like, I tried to read a little bit of the history. Well, I didn't try. I, I did a little bit of reading about the history of it, about the strip, because mm-hmm. I was like, was there anybody going out and protesting in terms of like, like Tipper Gore? Sure. Or, and I was like, is there any like sort of truth to any of this? Apparently it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, s- spoiler alert. <laughs> Oh, wow. Because I was like, I don't know if there was like some other person. I could, sure. At least I couldn't find anything if there was. Some uh, historical and- basis. Like. Yeah. Which, but the only thing I, I did read, which was cool, which uh, which I didn't know about this, but it's just a little tidbit that I thought was interesting, is um, the strip is in West Hollywood, which is like the, uh, it's like the Castro of of Los oh, Angeles. Sure, it's okay. sort of like where the where the predominantly like all the gay bars and stuff are. Sure. And so uh, West Hollywood had not been incorporated into a city until 1984. Oh. 
which is around the time where this happens, which I knew that it was a newer city. And apparently it had to do with the fact that uh, rent control was about to expire. Like oh. the rent control ordinance was about to expire. So like um, it was like older Jewish people and mm-hmm. like a, a, a like a group of gay uh, activists and stuff. They mm-hmm. all got together and like mm-hmm. fucking got a bunch of people to like sign petitions and shit and like incorporated mm-hmm. Hollywood and had the uh, West Hollywood into its own city and had its first uh, majority gay like city council. Oh, board. wow. But as a way of sort of like protecting this area of being like, it's going to get crazy and get super expensive. So like they wanted to maintain a certain sense of like, you know, people who were uh, uh, who who didn't necessarily make as much money and did not have their rents. Sure. Interesting. And going back even further, apparently the strip started during fucking um, what is it called? During Prohibition. Oh, Uh, it's a holdover from that. Interesting. It's a holdover from Prohibition because apparently like the L.A. City police were different from like the L.A. I think it was the L.A. County police or something. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So like the L.A. City police were like crazy and then Mm -hmm. like were arresting everybody. But up where the Sunset Strip is, like at that point, there was like a different police force and they were just sort of like, yeah, we don't really give a shit. So (laughs) it ended up being like where a bunch of speakeasies and casinos and because of like the sort of sort of looking the other way gotcha uh, aspect of it it also became some place for like you know people who were you know lgbtq whatever sure. just sort of being able to sort of like be not arrested for being who they were sure um so that's, a lot of that that's actually like yeah. see if spielberg had directed rock of ages we would have gotten <laughs> this context right, i felt like, bad after last week where i was like lincoln heights i was like no that's la it's sure. like so i was like i should probably read a little bit about this but oh. i was like oh that's cool so that's sort of what the whole I guess that's again. This is just my sort of reading of it. I'm sure if we if I sort of talked to somebody else, it was more qualified. But like that sort of gives it the spirit of like why the strip was like anything kind of goes. I see. The cops didn't really come here for a while. That was sort of baked into like what the idea of that section of town was. I mean, that actually is really cool. Like that would have been neat to have worked in and maybe more dev tan. I'm sorry if Adam Shankman is not (laughs) and. If he's not an Igmark Bergman or, uh, <laughs> and know, also I just want people Ratner. to know that I I did some reading. Oh, I, I'm just going to see. I wanted to show up. I did my book report. <laughs> he can actually read, guys. So he sees your words on Twitter. So. <laughs> oh man. Yes. So anyway, Rock of Ages was probably okay. It's fine. Sure. Whatever. Tom Cruise is funny overall. Yeah. Uh, Do you understand whatever. why I was really drunk during the show? At least they're very different. See, it, it, yeah. It to me, it just felt like a, a Vegas show that they they were tried to make into a movie, and then the movie ends up being like a fucking cut scene from Guitar Hero. Is sort of what the whole thing felt like. <laughs> it really, yes, that is it exactly. Like even like the crowd scenes feel like you know at the beginning of a like of a song that you're about to play in Guitar Hero, where yeah, it's just yeah. kind of like all bouncing back and forth at the same time. You can't really see my body right now, but there's like an energy yeah. to it. That's kind of what it, it felt like, 100%. Yeah. yeah, like, I'm not sure who this movie was for. Apparently, nobody knew who it was for because it yeah, bombed. Apparently but, nobody uh, did. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad because I actually did have a genuinely good time seeing it. The live show. Way yeah. back in the day. But uh, yeah, I guess Rock of Ages, not the strongest argument for jukebox musicals, especially yeah. as a film. Could have been better. Yeah. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, if you have thoughts, which wait, I'm sure but you guys is pour some sugar on me about jizz? I just need to know. I assume so. Okay. I just assume everything's about jizz from that era. That's true. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry. Anyway, tell tell us your thoughts about what you think yeah. pour some sugar on me is about. Yeah. Uh, we are at musical splaining with no G on Twitter. <laughs> at musical splaining with a G on Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, I am at Kavitaharian. On Instagram, I am at Permafriends. Um, also, this coming weekend, April 1st through 3rd, Woo! I will be at the Anaheim Convention Center for WonderCon. Come say hi. Come tell me your thoughts on The Phantom. Please don't. Actually, I'm kidding. No, That's do it. Don't, please, I don't want to hear about please Phantom. Please tell them all about it. For the love it. of God. <laughs> you know who would sing the song? Um, I want to know what love is. The Phantom. Um, the fan- that is a very <laughs> Phantom song. I feel like you would love that number. I, of course. Everything comes. Somebody somebody on Twitter was like, a friend, a Twitter friend was like, man, everything really does come back to Phantom with you. And I'm like, <laughs> I really need to go to therapy again. Um, <laughs> on that note, I am Y Angelina Y on Twitter. And I am Angelina underscore S-E-E on Instagram. Uh, I'm probably gonna be thinking about Tom Cruise's little uh, chest in a vest for a while. So uh, pop chest over in there. a vest, I like that. That's a good term. <laughs> right. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Thank you. <laughs> See you next time. Next time.